notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Now, before Jeff gets to the football, uh, we're going to give you the basketball day. You may have seen it yesterday. Yesterday on the program, the women's uh, Big 12 Conference listing of opponents is the way I put it. Not scheduled, because they're not scheduled yet. There's no dates on it. The listing of their opponents uh, were there. And we ran that down yesterday, uh, the women's, and you can obviously... Uh, see it uh, texasports.com and the Big 12 site for all of the opponents as well. But the men's uh, conference opponents came down later in the afternoon. And as is the case for the women's schedule, there are 18 conference games. Out of the 18, 10 of the games will be home and home against five different opponents. And then there are four games against conference opponents that will be home games. And there are four games against conference opponents that will be road games. Four home only, four away only, five opponents where you play home and home. So for the Longhorns, here's your home and away opponents, in case you hadn't heard. Home and away, Baylor, which will be good because you get a chance to call a game in the brand new uh, Baylor Bears arena, which opens I think John Morris told me January 2nd yeah. or something. Uh, did JMO tell this or did somebody else tell me? I might have heard it from multiple people. The plan is to do non-conference in the Farrell Center, and then the start of Big 12 play will be the shift to the new building. That's what, what is the new building called, by the way? Do we know yet? Uh, somebody will tell us if I hadn't yet. Um, we'll look it up. It is a, I, it's, got a, it's got a name on it. It's a one-name thing on it. It'll, it'll come in here. Foster Pavilion. That's it. So Foster Pavilion. Uh, so anyway, that'll be uh, – so they have Baylor home and home, Houston home and home. That'll be nice going down to the Fertitta Center. Have you been in that building? I know the shell of it is the old Hoffines. Right. The last time you were there, was that for the CBI? It was. It was the last time I was at the CBI, <laughs> and it was undergoing its renovation at the time. It had done some things. <laughs> or that look you described on Rick Barnes' face during the shoot-around. Shoot-around. <laughs> Just standing there looking at it, disgusted, like going, it's all going to change, Craig. It's all going to change. What's going to change? This. <laughs> this can't continue. Uh, 16 and 18, and yeah, a lot of yeah. stuff changed after it that. Did. Uh, so uh, Houston home and home, Baylor home and home, Oklahoma home and home, one more trip to Lloyd Noble. Well, probably not the well, last one. Though. No, there'll be many <laughs> in yeah. the SEC days. Hopefully, hopefully that arena issue up there gets solved, because now the rumblings are starting. Yeah. Amongst the OU faithful. Yeah, because it's a mess. Yeah. Not very good. Although Texas has played there well there yeah. in recent years. Uh, Texas Tech. So there will be one more trip to United Supermarkets Arena uh, there for that. For them. The women have to go there, too, uh, for that. Same thing with OU. Same thing with Baylor. Same thing with Houston. And uh, West Virginia, they have home and away. The women have just an away That is West so Virginia. random that the West Virginia is one of the home and homes. Got one more trip there for the men. Anyway, may have one for the women if it's not a conflict with a men's game of scheduling conflict. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe yeah. they'll do one of those double headers, and you can kill two birds with one stone. Yeah, they did that a few years ago. It was all right. Well, Vic Schaefer might disagree with you <laughs> on that. They lost by 25 that night, and it wouldn't good at all. <laughs> Men won, though, on the Andrew Jones shot yeah. in the corner that earlier that day. All right, so those are the, the home and away opponents. Baylor, Houston, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. On the at Home only, Central Florida, uh, the women have to go to Orlando. Iowa State, the women play Iowa State. The, the final athletic event 
for the University of Texas in Ames, Iowa, will be the football game this fall. That's right, because there's some baseball. Because yeah. both the home, uh, the women and the men have home games only against Iowa State. So you've made your last, you've probably made your last trip ever into Hilton Coliseum then. Yep. Yep. That crazy thing last year, yeah. Uh, oh, that, yeah, that was the uh, Caleb Grill, yep, yep. Dylan Mitchell incident. Yep. So and Caleb uh, Grill wasn't even on the team by the end of the season. Nope. Nope. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, Kansas State, home only. No, the, Bram, no Bramlage, no Octagon. You've made, and you probably made your last trip to the Octagon of Doom, right? Uh, well, you know, you mentioned about the oddity of a home and home in West Virginia. The women have an odd, have the home and home with K State. Oh, yeah. And baseball's going back there one more time. Okay. I yeah. know that. And Oklahoma State home only. So if if I do the women's game in Stillwater, depending on scheduling, yeah. that will yeah. be the last time I go to Gallagher either, at least in the foreseeable future anyway but i've heard you and others say this when they did the renovations and what they do they raised the roof not the right. same yeah it just it lost a lot of the advantage that they had from the days when it was 6381 and that ceiling was so low and like to me remembering the glory days of that program you know when they went under 87 they went to a final four you know for with johnny John allen lucas and that yeah. team yeah to see what like the attendance for games now and mike yeah. mike boynton's a really good coach i agree i think all things equal, I can make an argument Mike Boynton's the best coach in this league. He's definitely one of the top. Considering he probably works with, with less tools than a lot of some of the other coaches have to work with. But to see, you know, like their crowds, even for big non conference, even like for the OU game, that yeah. place isn't full. Yeah. It's just it's kinda it's kinda sad. But. Yeah. Uh and then uh and th- so those are the home only games. Central Florida, Iowa State, K State and Oklahoma State. And the away only games. BYU, and I just when I thought I was out, when I thought I would not have to make a trip to Provo because baseball's coming here, uh, football will be playing BYU here, the women are playing BYU here, but the men do have a trip to Provo, Marriott Center. Uh, I did one game there, women's game. It was the leadoff game of the Final Four season, I believe it was, or maybe the season before, and, and Texas got throttled. By a really good BYU team, but but Jamie Carey, you could tell was going to be a player for them that night, and and they went on. But that's that's the only time I've ever done a game in the the Marriott Center mm-hmm. in Provo. But the men will play there. Cincinnati. Now I've done a game. I've done uh, NCAA tournament for the women at Fifth Third Bank Arena. I think it's called. That used to be the Centos Center. No, that was Xavier's. Place. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it, right. I think that's it's right. called. I think it's always been called Fifth Third Bank. Uh, arena and uh, not a bad arena it's not bad uh and that is the only road yes fifth third arena yeah fifth third arena that is the only road contest for texas athletics at cincinnati because hmm, football's not playing cincinnati baseball's not going to play cincinnati from what i understand and then and the women have cincinnati at home so the men will play at Cincinnati. Uh, one more trip to Allen Fieldhouse. No I'm, argument there. I'm, I'm going to have to make that one. You got to go to the fog. I got to. I got to do it. Yeah. One. So one final trip to Allen Fieldhouse, and then uh, TCU. Uh, one, uh, one final trip to Ed and Ray Schollmeyer Arena in Fort Worth. Uh, the women play TCU at home. The women play Kansas at home. So yeah. 
So you, you tie all this together for the men, and you look at the non-conference schedule, too. You're in the Empire Classic with you'll face two of UConn, Indiana, and Louisville. You've got the Big East Big 12 battle with Marquette. That's in Milwaukee. Yep. Is there... Well, they got LSU and Houston. Uh, that's the neutral site one that I was thinking of. I, I figured I didn't know if that was this year, if that was somewhere down the road, but I guess that is this Toyota year. Toyota Center. Uh, are they doing the Pac-12 deal with Stanford or somebody else again? Uh, I've not heard that that's happening okay. again. Um, it's going to be a really good non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for, for home games, maybe not so much. Who would be the marquee opponent coming into Moody this year? Well, for the women, it's UConn. Well, yeah, but for the men, it's what, <laughs> uh, Baylor, Houston? Yeah. So far. Yeah. So and far. last year, last year, Gonzaga, Creighton, Kansas. I mean, we had some really good home yeah. games last year. Right. What is the Big 12 uh, conference, what, you know, the, the, home, the home and aways they do with the conference versus, like, the SEC? Well, the the SEC. The Big 12 won. SEC challenge went away because yeah. the SEC is doing it with the, they doing it with the ACC or the Big 10? Think the I think, ACC I think because it's the, the ACC. ACC Big Ten challenge is no more. So yeah. does the Big Twelve have one this year? Because the Big East. Okay, so that's when they have to go to Marquette. Ah, okay, so it is at Marquette. The Big Twelve Big East battle is what. That Actually, is. since it's at Marquette, you have to say the Big East Big Twelve battle. That's true. If you want to be, uh, that's true. If you want to be correct, Craig. That'll be at Pfizer <laughs> Forum. Been there, yeah, you have nice, nice little venue. Yep, loser has to take Shaka Smart back as head coach. <laughs> Shaka did a pretty good job with them last year. Oh, yeah. Loser has to go to uh, one of the outstanding bars in Milwaukee and do a beer flight of the other team's choice. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That's losing? Well, <laughs> well the other team's <laughs> choice. The win. other team's the, buying. You know, the other team's more choice. Go on a cheese tour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheese a tour. cheese tour. There you go. You know, I was looking at Kansas' schedule. Cam's going to do a cheese flight. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at Kansas' uh, Big 12 schedule. They get... Um, Houston home and home. Well, that'd be cool for yeah. U of H fans. Uh, they have Baylor home and home, Houston home and home, K okay, State obviously home and home, OU and Oklahoma State home and home. Home only for Kansas is BYU, Cincinnati, TCU, and Texas, and away only Central Florida, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Uh, I remember when I was up for Big 12 Media Day and we had the play-by-play guys dinner, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the broadcaster dinner when we were together and they were. And we were saying, has anybody seen the Big 12 basketball schedule yet? And we were all kind of joking like you were. It's under lock and key and all this stuff. And uh, and uh, bless his heart, uh, Wyatt Thompson, the play-by-play voice for Kansas State, goes, somebody in athletics told me we're only playing – we're not playing Kansas. And I'm like – there's no way in hell that's not happening. <laughs> a, there's no way in hell that's not happening. B, there's no way in hell it won't be a home and home. It'll yeah. be a home and it is. It's a, it Man, is. when's when's the last time Iowa State and Kansas only played one time a year? It might have happened during the COVID year. I don't know. But. Uh, maybe no. I think they. Well, I don't know. Well, but 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 they definitely did. You know, in the days. Well, no, they were both in the scheduling alignment of the North. Yeah. Yeah. So if it didn't happen in COVID, it hadn't uh, happened since big seven conference days, even predating the big eight. It would have oh. been a long, long time ago. Yeah, I finally got this load. I was about to say is the, the phones are failing us. I don't know if the internet was starting to fail us. Uh-huh. Too. Here we go. 
Yeah, basketball season will be here by the time this thing gets loaded. There we go. Uh, I'm looking at the COVID year. Um, Kansas and Iowa State. Okay, that game was postponed. There's nope. They played twice. They played a back to back during the COVID year. Yeah, because I one I got postponed. That. Yeah, Iowa State. Remember, they had a whole bunch of games rescheduled, including with Texas. Baylor did too. Those were the two yeah. teams that seemed like really just everything got thrown out of way. That that last week of the regular season. Texas had a uh, a Monday night game uh, against Iowa State, a Thursday game, and and that was in Ames, a Thursday game in Norman, and then a Sunday game in Fort Worth at TCU. They had three games in that last week. The Iowa State game was the only Big Twelve conference game that I did remotely and did and was not in the arena. We were very fortunate. We got to work in the arena just about every game, but we didn't for that because it was a late reschedule, and um, it was going to be difficult to manage, especially with the other two road games. And uh, I'd already planned on doing the baseball game that night against Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and the Iowa State game was set up for 5 in the afternoon, and so we did it. Uh, from the bowels of DKR Texas Memorial Stadium in the mm-hmm. video room, called that game remotely, raced over, and did the baseball game. So afterwards, from Monday, February twenty seventh, through Tuesday, March seventh, span of what is that? Eight days. Yeah. Texas played four basketball games. Yeah. It was one pretty much one every other day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So I think, well, 2020 was a leap year. I think it was four games in nine days. As I remember now. That yeah, because there was up. no 29th. Yeah. Uh, yeah, February 27th, that was a Monday. They were, wait, no. Am I reading that right? Oh, that's 20, wait. Are you looking at the 2020? I'm looking at 2023, my bad. Well, then that would that would tend to be an issue then if you were looking at 2023. Yeah. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, phone. There we go. Yeah, that was a, a Sunday. That yeah. was a, so they played t- in Lubbock on a Sunday. Yeah. Then on Tuesday they were in Ames. Yep. Then on Thursday, Thursday they were the in Norman, Norman. Yep. and then su- the the following Sun- Sunday, Sunday they TCU. were in Fort Worth. That that week, like I said, on that Tuesday, I did the Tuesday game remotely here. Raced over to Dish Falk, called the baseball game that night because mm-hmm. it was a five o'clock tip for that game at Iowa State. Then we go to Norman. We go to Norman to do the game, and that was the game where Eddie Orn and I are driving up uh, in his car, and we got diverted off the road. There was a gigantic accident on I-35 around the Turner Falls area, mm-hmm. and we got diverted off the highway, and it got to a really urgent, critical stage, not for us making the game, but for Eddie Orn to find a bathroom. Oh, no. Because he'd had a lot of water. He was drinking a lot of water up and just had to go number one, and it was really calling to him. You didn't have a Gatorade so, bottle in around? It worked. We made it work. Okay. We got there. So then so we got there, did the game. It's good to know Eddie didn't soil himself on a road trip. So that's right. Two thumbs up. Did, did the game, drove back to Dallas that night. And in the game, we were on the opposite side from where we normally are from the scorer's table because of COVID and everything, the pandemic. Yeah. And we had, of course, Dave Garrett, our engineer, had, a, had about, I, I'm not exaggerating, about a hundred feet of microphone cable, and stretched it way out with a headset. So after Texas won the game, Shaka comes over and turns and puts the headset on. He goes, <laughs> "Hey, it's good to see you guys." Waving from almost across the floor. When it was over, we drive back. Stayed in Dallas that night. I flew to Houston 
Friday morning did baseball. Baseball, that's right. Friday night. Ty Madden's complete game. That's right. Friday night, the, the one game they won, mm-hmm. lost the other two. Uh, weren't the other two walk-off losses? Yeah, yeah. The the last one uh, or the second one was was uh, twelve innings, I think. And Keith Moreland had to finish that because I had to. Race. I know. I guess that was the last one. I had to race to the. No, it was the second one. I had to race to the airport and fly to Fort Worth to do the regular season finale at TCU on Sunday. We were sitting way up top near mm-hmm. the arena. And, again, we had a wireless mic and a wireless headset, and Shaka turned around, where are you guys? We're way up here. <laughs> okay. So, like, at the media days, the coach, when he's up on the day, it's going to be like, coach, over to your left, and he's like, I, where, where? Yeah. I, can, I don't know. Yeah. I can't see. It was uh, it was a different time. Uh, we want to get to some recruiting here. Or yep. I don't know if you had anything yep. basketball left to get that to. That was it. Uh, so the Longhorns picked up another commitment yesterday. Uh, DeAndre Robinson. 24-7 sports composite four-star defensive tackle out of the state of Florida. Jones High School. It's not the first time Texas has gone to Jones High School in any sport. Yeah. Think men's basketball, Demarcus Croker yeah. from Jones. Marcus Tillman, yes. another product of Jones High School. Uh, again, 6'4", 315. What I like about this take, Craig, and you can get the horns 24-7. we got plenty of analysis and insight and quotes and all that good stuff. What I like about this is when you look at the defensive line, the interior D-line, depth chart and just kind of who's where in their careers. You know after this year, Tavondre Sweat is gone right. because he doesn't have any eligibility left. Uh, Vernon Broughton, Alfred Collins, and Byron Murphy all have an opportunity to come back. Trill Carter does as well. Trill, Car- Trill Carter has two seasons left. But all those guys are also draft eligible. So you're one big year away from by one of those guys from losing them. The bottom line is by the time the 2024 season starts, or excuse me, the 2025 season starts, you're going to need uh, probably three to f- three to five somewhere in there out of this group to step up and be frontline players for you. Uh, you throw DeAndre Robinson in there, Melvin Hills, who they just picked up out of the state of Louisiana, and Alex January. That's your three in the 2024 class right now, and they're probably looking at picking up another one at some point. But now that they've got three in the fold, they can be really picky with that third and really find somebody that fits what they do. By the way, you want to talk about big humans? That's just not yeah. the offensive line. Alex January, 325, and again, DeAntre Robinson, 315. Melvin Hills is 270, and he's the, the svelte one in the group. Uh, and then you've got this really group of intriguing guys, Craig, on campus between Zach Swanson, Sadir Mitchell, Jeray Bledsoe, and Aaron Bryant. And I even think Swanson and Bledsoe are guys that if you're playing a team like a K-State or somebody that likes bigger personnel, those guys can also function as five techniques. You can slide them out a little bit and give yourself some versatility. So really, it's the three you've got now plus whoever else you add with Sadir Mitchell and Aaron Bryant. Out of that group, you need three to five kind of frontline type guys to emerge. Because think about how good Texas has had it. If you look at what they got out of the out of the run recruiting down defensive linemen, really from the twenty seventeen class up through the twenty twenty one class. So really those last few classes, the classes that Tom Herman put together, and one of these guys I mentioned who was actually recruited by Charlie Strong, in that group you had Taquan Graham, Keandre Coburn, Moro Ojimo, Tavondre Sweat was in that group, Collins, Broughton, Byron Murphy. Those classes brought you some really good, productive defensive linemen, and a lot of those guys are going to have a chance to play in the National Football League. What I like what they're doing, yes, they're recruiting big guys, but they're recruiting them in quantity as well. So they're not leaving anything to chance. Again, they want four interior defensive linemen in this class. 
Uh, Deontre Robinson's a guy that uh, Andrew Ivins, who's one of our national uh, national scouts at twenty four seven Sports, talked about, and we got some quotes from him on the site. Deontre Robinson's a guy that for us for twenty four seven Sports in our in house rankings, he could really rise as a senior. There's some other things that they want to see on tape, but Alex January, Craig, you've seen him at Duncanville. Anybody yep. that's watched Duncanville has seen him play in the Melvin Hills. And anytime you can recruit defensive linemen from the state of Louisiana, I'll I'll stamp that uh, and and be happy about it. Malcolm Roach. Really good for Texas. Uh, even a guy like Gerald Wilbon had his moments where where he was good. So I like Texas taking linemen out of the state of Louisiana. Baron Sorrell's Louisiana. Kid yeah, also. I, I realize this may be a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. It, with with all of the defensive linemen commits of late, are they still working Colin Simmons? Yeah, that's the now that's an edge, so that's an edge. So that's right. they consider right. that different. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's you can debate. I mean him. You know, Kobe Black, you got a couple of different guys that you can say, okay, he's number one on the board. Right. Colin, Colin Simmons, no question he's in that discussion. Yeah, okay. Now, I think I think Colin Simmons, to me, Craig, kind of like kind of like Caleb on Chase on, just in terms of late in, in his junior season, you mm-hmm. really started to see the flashes, and you're like, right. this guy hasn't even really scratched the surface yet, but mm-hmm. you already see the tools of what he can be. Yeah. Uh, I see some similarities there, just in terms of not necessarily body types or anything like that, but the progression both guys are making. Uh, we were wowed by him watching him in the state championship game. Linda had a hard time getting past the uh, the the violent face mask <laughs> against uh, David Amador. Tearing it out, said, "Trust me, he's a really good player. Yeah. <laughs> he's a really good player." He reached out, made a mistake there, <laughs> and uh, and they had like consecutive face masks, not on him, but on the defense. His was the most memorable of that on that drive for North Shore that ended at the 11-yard line on fourth down and one. So, and again, this is another reason I like DeAndre Robinson. Picks Texas over Florida, Ohio State, LSU, and Alabama. Um, Hank South had the commitment story. It has the commitment story up at Hornets 24-7. Robinson told us, quote, I just really like and enjoy myself at Texas. I really see myself playing at Texas. I'm just going with my gut. And with Texas, uh, quote, having the opportunity to play as a freshman is a great opportunity. Go in, show everybody what you can do at a young age and true freshman. That's like you can't beat that. Right. That's so he said he has a great cool. bond with Bo Davis. So really, really good. Take. And I, if I'm going to trust anybody on interior D-line evals, I'm going to trust Bo Davis because yeah. he, he made some good ones the first time he was at Texas. And granted, those were a little different circumstances. As I said, you know, Mac towards the end. Uh, and I think he would even tell you this now if you asked him, was so focused on winning that I think a lot of the normal stuff they would do in terms of doing some due diligence probably fell through the cracks. But you're on a little more solid ground now if you're Bo Davis and you can really pick and choose and, and, and get with PK and figure out, hey, I need you to recruit a, a group from this pool of guys, these type of body types, go find them. And, and obviously Bo, with his experience in the SEC, recruiting the Southeast and the state of Florida, he can he can go get those guys for you. All right. There's our uh, notebook for today. <laughs> 